Terry, I am inspired today. We are in the mid-Atlantic area together. The cherry blossoms are in full bloom at the end of March as we record. And that could mean we're only talking about one place. Today's episode is... Washington, D.C. Cue the music. All right, let's get started today with this unbelievably cool city. We have so much to share with you. You know, the first thing I think Americans need to remember is that Washington, D.C. is an international capital that has so much in it. It's no different than going to a place like Tokyo or London or Paris. Mm -hmm. With so much to see, you have to get it in your mind that there is no way to jam it all into one trip. There's tons of government, history, and military-related sites, but also some great neighborhoods with plenty of laid-back feel to them. Lots of things are one-time visits, and so many of them are free. We are going to help everybody build their trip today around some of those great icons that we suggest for a first trip, and then we'll add in a few things that maybe are great for the next time around. But can I say something? Can I be real for just a minute? Be real. This is a city where I think you would be better as a family coming without the kiddos for the first time and scoping the entire place out so that when you bring your kids back, you are the ultimate tour guide for so much, right? Because there is so much, you can't pack it all in. So coming back, you know, bringing your kids back, you'll know the areas that you want to hit and the ones that are like, okay, the kids wouldn't enjoy that. Let's not do that. Exactly. I think the key word here is prioritize. Yes. So let's get mom and dad to Washington, D.C. Let's get them there. Or our adult group to Washington, D.C. It's a great girls trip, great guys trip. It's a great couples trip for, I would go there with our husbands. We would do that. Yeah, Yeah, we would have some fun. I will say, though, there are a couple of things that we definitely need to think of before we ever set foot before we Before we ever set foot in our nation's capital. We need to pre-plan. We do. And there are four places that really need some consideration. And you need to think about whether or not you want to do them. Right. Now, let's start. Capital. Yes. White House. Absolutely. I believe those are a must to see. I mean, the White House, you can walk by 1600 Pennsylvania and see the White House. Mm -hmm. But you can also go in. Don't think you're going to be able to show up and just grab that ticket. You need to get in contact with your congressman to get the availability to go inside. That's right. This is definitely a pre-scheduled thing. That is also true with the Capitol. The Capitol is an amazing visit. Mm -hmm. And here's what will happen. Once you contact your local congressman, they will set up for one of their interns to meet you in the visitor center. You go to the visitor center and you start at the bottom and work your way up, seeing everything from what is underneath the Capitol, which is super cool when it comes to history and what's going on in government right now 
like its own private subway station. And you will also get to go up into the chambers if they're open and not being used right now and get to see that beautiful rotunda. It's super cool. Here's the thing I like at the Capitol. When you go to meet your intern, you go through security. The visitor center is lined with statues representing every state and you meet your congressman's intern at your state's statue makes sense super cute okay now let's let's say this we have the pentagon and we have the treasury Exactly. These two are important to pre-plan as well. I will say this, they are certainly not as many hoops to go through as the Capitol and the White House, but the Pentagon and Treasury both need you to sign up online and go through a security clearance and get your timed entry for your guided tour. Each one's about 60 minutes and there are no parting gifts from the Pentagon and there are no parting gifts from the United States Department of the Treasury. You mean they're not passing out money? They are not. You can buy shredded money for a dollar in the gift shop. And good luck trying to put it back together. That's right. Okay. So now let's start from the center. We're going to start with our first time visitors. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's start from the center and work our way out. I think that's a great idea. And if you were on Google Maps and you dropped a pin on Washington, D.C., that pin in real life is the Washington Monument, isn't it? Yes. Right on the National Mall. It is the only thing you have to pay for when it comes to these monuments and memorials. It costs a dollar. You must reserve in advance. This can be the day before. There are no day of tickets to go into the Washington Monument. Okay. It costs a whole dollar to go and see. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now let's talk about what we all think about when we think of Washington, D.C. outside of the White House. We think of Forrest Gump. I think of Forrest Gump. So, you know, we have the mall. That's right. We have the mall and I think it's a must. I think it's a must to see. I think so too. This is kind of what creates the Capitol as being the Capitol. Uh It is, the mall stretches from Abraham Lincoln's memorial. Which is amazing. Yes. All the way to past the Washington Monument through all of the amazing memorials to the different wars, all the way up to the steps of the Capitol. It is lined on either side with either museums or um, galleries, either museums or galleries that are available to the public to enjoy. It is our nation's treasure chest. Yes. Let's talk about the Tidal Basin right now. As we speak, what's going on? The amazing Cherry Blossom Festival is going on. And if you don't know anything about the Cherry Blossoms, this is an incredible time. Washington, D.C., the center of it is a pink glow right now. And out on the Tidal Basin is where the original trees that were gifted from the mayor of Tokyo in 1912 were given to the mayor of Washington, D.C., And you can go and enjoy the beautiful spring weather, the beautiful trees, and all of the different events. We're going to link a solid link to the Cherry Blossom Association of Washington, D.C., where you can read about the history, get involved, and know exactly what the logistics are to go in. And I'm going to tell you it's beautiful. What did I say? I'm here... And with my, with my person. Mm -hmm. And when I drove in yesterday, I said to her, it is 
gorgeous. All these cherry blossoms and the dogwoods and it's just beautiful time of the time of the year here. It is spring is when Washington kind of comes out of the doldrums of winter mm -hmm. and it is ready to go. You can also at the tidal basin do a little kayaking and boating on the basin, the Potomac and down on the Anacostia, which we'll talk about later. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now the big one, mm -hmm. the museums. Oof. We know, everyone knows, Smithsonian, Smithsonian's. Mm -hmm. There's 20 of them. There are. I know. People are like, what? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, there's 11 on the mall. Exactly. And let's point out which one's the most crowded. The Air and Space Museum is predictably the most crowded of them all. And I have to tell you, right now, it will be closed until September 2022 as it remodels and I would definitely make sure that you're checking in with the Smithsonian website which we will connect you with to know what is being remodeled what's available and what's not the cool thing about the Smithsonian is that every one of their facilities are free, free. to you please donate when you're there though. yes 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 and the majority of them, 11 of them, do line the mall. So you get to see a lot at one time. Well, let's say mm -hmm. there's no way you can see all of them in one day. You cannot. There's you no way. You are going to have to pick and choose and then maybe even save some for another trip because they're huge. Yes. And of course, you know, my favorite is the one where I can see Julia Child's kitchen. That's right. The Museum of American History. Thank you. America's Attic is what they call it. <laughs> and just so everyone knows, in the Smithsonian's, mm -hmm. they have fabulous gift shops. They are top notch. Washington, D.C. does not disappoint in this area. And it is probably not my most favorite gift shop because there's one later we're going to talk about. Mm. But they have excellent excellent gift shop. Yes. And we are the suckers that go and yeah, spend all our money are. there. We yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now I have to say there are two premier places to visit on the mall that aren't part of the Smithsonian operation. And they are our National Gallery, mm -hmm. which is world-class. It has a Michelangelo, it has Monet, it has Van Gogh, it has prehistoric pieces, it has beautiful sculpture in it. The rotunda in this place is just breathtaking and it is a lovely walk. But I will tell you, I think the kiddos will enjoy going to the basement and taking the super cool Star Wars like walkway tunnel underneath one of the roads upstairs to the modern art side. It's got the coolest light show in it and you really do enjoy it. It's by the gift shop too. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now let's talk Library of Congress. Sure. Library of Congress and the Supreme Court are neighbors to each other, and they're good to talk about because they are super quick visits. While I may not do this on my first visit, I do think that they are interesting if that's your thing. Mm -hmm. We always say that on this show. If I say Library of Congress to you, you may think, Oh, it's just boring. a library, boring. It's round room full of books. I have to say, 
that the Library of Congress actually has about eight beautiful exhibit rooms that include a great tribute to Bob Hope, who is a patriot like none other, Uh Uh, the Gershwin brothers and their amazing American ragtime music. And you will also find a Gutenberg Bible there. So there is a little bit more than just the reading room that you think of. I also want to say the Supreme Court maybe isn't exactly the most interesting thing. You do get to go there and it is awe-inspiring to see where our nation's business is done. Oh, yes, yes, yes. However, it is just the room, no gift shop. I will send you to another gift shop back on the mall. Underneath the shadow of the Capitol building is the small but mighty National Botanic Garden that has a great gift shop. I have to say, if you're feeling the heat of the day. Go there. Yeah, this is a great duck in. Maybe a half an hour to just walk around the entire place Mm -hmm. and enjoy it. They have a great kids field guide there for free. It's a lot of fun. And in the winter, they put in model toy trains. It's very sweet. Yes. Yeah. The next attraction in Washington, D.C. that I really want to point out that is probably the most important is the U.S. Holocaust Memorial and Museum. I think this is the marquee event and probably the thing I would put at the top of my list. Number one. Yes. It is probably the best museum in town. And it is a poignant and important walk through a piece of history that we cannot forget. And I can tell you, I've been to it numerous times. Yes. And every time I go through, I learn more. Exactly. We also want to say that this is not a place to be afraid to take your kids. They actually do a very considerate job helping you explain the story of what's going on. And I think in this day and age, with everything that's going on in current events, this might be the most important time to go and visit something like this. We do want to let you know it's an incredibly popular museum. This may be something that you get timed tickets to ahead of time. As a matter of fact, maybe even six or eight weeks ahead of time at yes. this point. And it only costs a dollar to make that reservation. It doesn't cost anything. And there is special consideration for law enforcement members when you go there as well. So we highly recommend this museum. We never leave there. Tell them, Terry, about the amazing passports that you get when you are entering. It's so moving. You're handed a passport and you have a person, a male, female, a child, their backstory, and it's almost like you follow them through. And in the end, you find out whether they had survived the Holocaust or they didn't. It's mm-hmm. so moving. And I want to talk about an experience I had there that it points out how important it is to take your children. Mm -hmm. I was walking through and I was looking at the exhibits and there was a teenage person with their parents and he kept saying, I'm so bored. Let's go. And for me, that would have been an opportunity to stop and explain the importance of this Mm -hmm. because if they're not taught, they won't know. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and we talk a lot about how to handle 
these moments in history as teachers and as parents while we travel. We have a lot of resources for that on our website, and we'd like to share them with you in the show notes. So we'll definitely make sure we're doing that. Moving on from that incredible museum, there are quite a few others to talk about. For example, the National Geographic Hall, which is just north of the National Mall, has an incredibly great rainy day, I would say. Yes, yes, yes. Experience for you. This is the place to go when it's too hot outside or too wet outside. Head here. I think this is a first time must do. They have three different areas to go to and they have a rotating interactive exhibit to one side. They have a gallery type exhibit to the other that also is refreshed constantly. And then a permanent exhibit in the back that kind of goes through the history of the magazine. You get to pull drawers and open buttons and Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff back there. It is a lot of fun. But I have to say, we've been a couple of times to some of the rotating, evolving exhibits that are there, and they cover a bevy of topics. Jane Goodall. Amazing. They actually had her tent that she lived in in Africa, in Tanzania there. It was amazing. And her stuffed animal from when she was a little girl. It was sweet. The Tomb of Christ. Titanic. Mm. I mean, come on. Yes. The Tomb of Christ was moving. 3D. I felt like I was there. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you the funniest thing that I saw in that particular one? After you went through and the wall rises and you kind of walk in and it's like all digitally on the wall. Mm -hmm. This is where these immersive art experiences have come from is this particular exhibit. The next thing that happens, you go into the 3D movie, you come out and there are, there's a kind of an alleyway of more interactive exhibits. There was a small plaque on the wall that talked about a set of stairs and that these set of stairs were a point of discontentment to all of the different types of religions that were there and nobody wanted to sweep them. They were always some so, other religion's responsibility. Nobody would do it. Nobody it was would do so it. funny. It was great. So I really appreciated that they kept a couple of those things in and there. I have to say that Nat Geo and the U.S. Holocaust Memorial have probably the best gift shops. If you're a teacher, get ready because you're walking out with a stack of books. I'm walking out with books. I'm walking out with animals. Anything I can think of. You're walking out with so many. A menorah. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen because you're going to love it so much. It is amazing. A poppy. That's all I'm saying. Right. We'll leave it at that. Yes. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. This is another museum that's it's fairly new. It's not one of the older museums. Right. The Law Enforcement Museum. And it is basically right there next to the National Mall, the wall, excuse me, wall for law enforcement. Now, on that wall is the name of every police officer that has been killed in the line of duty. So it's very moving. Um, sorry. Ugh. Well, once okay, ready. Once you visit the wall, you just take a stroll down to the end, and right there is the law enforcement museum. What's amazing about it is it starts about nine eleven and shows you how law enforcement 
has changed since then because there's been so much change. But it is amazing interactive museum that anyone could enjoy. Those people that have law enforcement dear to their heart, even more so because it is very, very interesting. And again, remember, it's not, it's not free. So keep that in mind. Well worth it. And they do have a fabulous little gift shop if you want some law enforcement memorial items. There you go. I like it. Let's talk about two museums that you may be interested in and you've heard about. We would actually give both of these particular museums a pass for two very oh. different reasons. The first one is the museum. We have to tell you we're passing on it because it closed. We couldn't go if we wanted. <laughs> It was pretty cool, but I think that the owners, it was private. They were having a really hard time understanding how to do it. Yeah. Here's my concern. This Museum to Journalism had the artifacts from the Lindbergh baby case. Yes. Remember, where's baby Lindbergh? A Here's the problem. Potential. Where are the things from the baby Lindbergh case? <laughs> They're missing now. We don't know where they are. They permanently closed in 2019, just as COVID was hitting. Yeah. Likewise, the International Spy Museum took another route to stay afloat, and they charge more than $25 a ticket. Folks, I don't think it's worth it when you have so much Smithsonian and National Mall. Are they going to teach me to be a spy? They're not. You're not okay. going to walk away having a 007 digit. Okay. Yep. No passing. Pass. Pass. Let's move on. And we're going to kind of broaden our circle a little bit away from the mall and take a bridge behind the Lincoln Memorial over to Arlington National Cemetery. Now I have to say it does cost to park there. And we're going to talk about driving in DC in a little while, but you can go into Arlington and pay your respects to JFK, to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, to the Pentagon 9-11 Memorial, or to those that we're losing presently in the area that is receiving new residents. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it is very poignant to go there. Fire beware. There is a tram that will take you to the most popular stopping points and uh -huh. give you a narrated thing, but it is run by a private company. It costs $17.95. If you do not want to pay $17.95 a ticket, it is certainly understandable. You can hike up to any of these places on your own. You don't need to do that. If you have someone that's beloved to your family that is interred at Arlington, the people in the visitor center will help you know exactly where they are. And I like that you use the word hike. Yes, it is a hike. There's a lot of walking. Yes, it's big. So maybe if this is your first time to Arlington Cemetery and you don't know a lot about it, maybe take the tram. To get to the, you know, the important things mm -hmm. that you would like to see, get some background knowledge. Mm -hmm. That's something I would consider if you're, if you're a newbie there. Now, Arlington is open 365, 24-7, but I will tell you it's closed to people on Christmas Day and on Memorial Day unless you are a family member of someone who has just been received to the facility. 
those people get priority on those days. You can also get involved with Arlington either on Christmas or a Memorial Day with Wreaths Across America, which we will give you the link to. They put a wreath on every single tombstone. Yes. And on Memorial Day, you can help the U.S. Army put a flag in front of every single grave, which is a sight to behold. We definitely thank everyone for their service in the military and on the Thin Blue Line. We think that those places are an important part of our current history and our past history. We want to make sure that families have a chance to use our capital to see those important things. Yes. Speaking of our military, though, I do want to say there is a very cool thing in the summer that a lot of people may not know about. On the other side of town is the Marine Corps barracks on 8th and I. And in the summer on Friday evenings, they have the evening parade. It is an amazing spectacle with the president's own Marine band playing, dignitaries there, and you kind of take a seat in the bleachers or on the hill and enjoy the sunset as the military shows you their finest polished uniforms. Now, if you want to do that, how do you go about doing that? Use the link on our website and it will take you right to where the schedule is and you just click, ask for a ticket. You'll get an email in response with that ticket and you're all set. Oh, seven o'clock. Yeah. Seven o'clock for Memorial Day to Labor Day. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So, Terry, let's turn our attention to the culture that we can find in Washington, D.C., and I'm going to go back up the Potomac. I said Potomac, but I mean Potomac. Potato, potato. And I'm going to ask you what you think when I say, the hills are alive. The Kennedy Center. Why, Terry? Why? Because we saw the sound of music. It was so good. God bless Julie Andrews, right? It was the most wonderful. Now, I've seen Broadway. Mm-hmm. Like, I've I've been, I've seen it. This was just amazing. We were sitting there in the little Kennedy booth box. That's right. I was, it was emotional. We were family. It, we were family with the Kennedys right then. We, we were, were in the box. We were fancy pants in it. We were. And, oh, the Kennedy Center is fabulous. And it's fabulous whether you're going for a show or not, because in the 1970s, Jackie Kennedy Onassis started the National Endowment for the Arts and gave us the Kennedy Center as a place where we can enjoy all of those things, including but not limited to the following. You can go for children's shows. You can go for major Broadway reviews, Mm -hmm. such as Jersey Boys, Rent, Hamilton is in the house right now. Yes. White Christmas. They've had absolutely everything. You know what else is there right now? Mean Girls. And those Broadway companies do come down and there are residents. You will see them often in the area. If you go in during the day, you can take a tour of the facility and you can enjoy learning about how Jackie Kennedy used her diplomatic skills to have other countries gift 
different things like wallpaper or chandeliers or fixtures to create this amazing facility, which is... Girl, she could get things done. She could. And it's a huge facility. I have to say there's a little gem on the top floor. There's an in-house production that's been around for about 20 years. It's called Sheer Madness. Uh And Sheer Madness is a interactive whodunit that happens in a beauty salon and all of the cast members kind of act out the first part Uh and then they lift the lights and ask the audience to help solve whodunit that's right and i called out the gay guy and he called me a bitch (laughs) (laughs) it was great i loved it we had such a good time i have to say though Mm -hmm. you have to make sure you go pay homage Mm-hmm. To the huge sculpture. That's right. Of our beloved JFK. That's right. JFK is front and center <laughs> in that lobby. <laughs> it's am- it. it's amazing yeah. though. Like it's a really cool place to go, and the children's programming there is amazing as well. I've taken my class on a field trip there, and we had everybody dress up in their fanciest clothes. It was adorable, and all these little first graders went in and watched Mr. Popper's Penguins. Oh, it was sweet. Which is a good book. It is a good book. Okay, National Theater. Mm-hmm. Forge Theater. Those are two two left to talk about. I would pass and pass. Unless you have tickets to a specific thing that you want to go see, let the show be your guide on those. The National Theater doesn't have a tour. It is a simple theater. And Ford's Theater is rather small with a small museum in the basement, which you found out, Terry. You can take that tour virtually. virtually. Yeah. Do the virtual tour because I was not impressed. Mm-hmm. I would definitely hit Kennedy Center before any of the other two. Absolutely. Kennedy Center is a destination. The other two are a place where you go see a yeah. show for sure. Let's head out a little bit further from that National Mall circle. Let's do it. And we're going to talk about Rock Creek Park and circle back to our friends at the Smithsonian. Yes, because I think a lot of people would know this more as our national zoo. Exactly. The Smithsonian National Zoo with our resident pandas. Hello. Are the star event at Rock Creek Park. So it is nestled inside the zoo. You can get there by Metro and we'll talk about that. that's the best way. And I'll tell you, remember, it's free. How many people take their kids to the zoo at home and they're paying $75 to get in? This is our national zoo. It's free. It is free. You get to go see those pandas and they are the star at that. But however, I will say this. There's a lot there. There is a lot there. You will see American buffalo there, which you do not get the chance to really see at zoos. You also get a chance to check in with the elephants, the giraffes, the reptiles, are red pandas. There's a reptile house that is a huge facility. And on the south side is the rainforest where the birds fly free on the inside. Super nice. I will say that. There's a lot of walking. It's a little hilly. Mm Mm-hmm. So just know where your sneaks. Yes. Where your sneakers. I like it. Rock Creek Park has tons to do inside of it. And you can enjoy the entire place as much as you want. But we will say when you go to the zoo, it's a little overpriced in the food department. Yeah. Good gift shops, though. Yes. And I think that maybe the restaurants that are outside on the way back to the metro may be better choices. I personally, I like the peri-peri chicken. 
I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I knew you were going to say I that. I do like that. What was the name of the seafood restaurant? Oh. Something about a crawfish. Yeah. Something crawfish. The naked crawfish? The naked something. We're, it will be in our notes. Yes. But I'll tell you the reason why, if I'm with my daughter, we're going to get there because she loves crawfish like no other. There you go. So definitely a lot of fun on the north side of town. Also on the north side of town are the National Cathedral and the National Basilica. They both have a surprising European feel for them. While I don't necessarily think they're a first-time visitor thing, I think they're worth circling back to at a later time. So we should be proud that we have them as Americans. And the National Cathedral is probably the one you know better because that's the one that's on the news when a statesman passes away. Their funeral is usually there. The National Basilica has amazing mosaics in it and is a beautiful center of arch as well. So they're both really amazing. And again, on the north side of town for those. We're swinging on down to the south side of town now, and we're going to the Navy Yard and the Anacostia area. I have to say, a lot of people think that Chinatown is a good idea in Washington, D.C. Pass, pass, pass. Who cares about that? San Francisco. That's right. Here at the Navy Yard and Anacostia area on the south side of town, there's plenty to do and great eats. So when you're down there, you want to hit up the trapeze school. Amazing. I myself have never trapeze, mm-hmm. but I know you and your daughter yes. have flown through the air with the greatest of ease. That's right. It's a lot of fun. Great circus tent time. Two hours and they will put you up in the air. Do they provide the pens? No, but they do provide a harness. Okay. <laughs> Make sure if you're need it, strap on those depends before you get that harness. It's a lot of fun and kids can do it too. It's super safe. Yeah. Now we also have the national parks there Mm -hmm. where the Washington Nationals play. Yes. And the best thing I've ever done Mm -hmm. is tour a baseball stadium. They are a lot of fun. And this tour is amazing. It's seasonal, unlike some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to look because it's only during baseball season that they have those tours, mm-hmm. which opening day is not that far away from our recording. So you should have no problem using our link to find out exactly when those are. You do get a good tour of the stadium through and that. You don't really have to be a baseball fanatic because I did a tour of Globe Life mm-hmm. in Dallas and it was so amazing just to see how it worked. And I'm not a huge baseball fan. Exactly. Definitely something to teach kids about how things work and how things go together and how big places like that actually function, right? Yes. Now, this entire area from the Navy Yard all the way over to Nationals Park is a great neighborhood full of plenty of waterside Things like the dancing fountains, kayaking, you can get a paddle boat out there. There's plenty of things to do and great restaurants that are there. We actually have a fave there, don't we? It is called Osteria Marini and it has an incredible menu. The chef there is magnificent. Top notch. Top notch. So we definitely choose the Anacostia area over the Chinatown area. Let's talk about a little further out than our original pinpoint. Right. What about Georgetown and Alexandria? Do you want me to choose which one I would like? Yeah, which one would you go I to? would probably prefer Alexandria. 
Me too. Over Georgetown. Now, don't get me wrong. Georgetown is very interesting. It's very yuppie-ish. Yes. Lots of shopping. Lots of shopping. Famous restaurants. We can get cupcakes there. Don't forget there's Philomena. If you haven't been by, you need to. Would I recommend it? It didn't do us justice. Like, we did not feel that we would go back. Yeah, I don't know if we didn't order right something, but Philomena wasn't our favorite. Talk about the cute little lady in the window. Well, the little lady in the window was making the ravioli. She was amazing. I mean, her hands were flying getting those raviolis done. That was the best part for me. It was. It was a lot of fun. I say Alexandria, like you, is maybe a little bit more of a usable area. There are a couple of historical things. There is a waterfront. Yes, and they have a they have good restaurant. Yes. Shops. Plenty of modern shopping there. Look for Murphy's Irish Bar to be an icon. Remember our little friend we met? We had so much fun there. And we love the oh. Cretan restaurant, Cretan and Greek food at Taverna Kritakau. Kritaku there. And uh mm, Both Georgetown and Alexandria are just meant to go and enjoy the neighborhood. Not very important to do compared to all the other things we've talked about today. So I would definitely choose one or the other. I don't think you have to go to both, right? Alexandria is my vote. Yeah, I'm going to second that. Yeah. Okay. South of Alexandria, on the outside of the Beltway now, we're kind of as far as we're going to get from the National Mall, is... Mount Vernon, which is George Washington's ancestral home. You need to spend time there because there's so much to see. And I think maybe it's deceiving because it sounds like you're just going to walk through a house. No. I think when you get to the visitor center and you see the vastness of the property and the fact that it's on the river. Beautiful. Which is beautiful. It is, it becomes a far more interesting location to visit. My first time there, I was there with my daughter. We had no idea. It was American Girl Day there. You know the dolls? I know. So we went and all of these little girls are running around with American Girl dolls and they had booths set up and all kinds of things going on. So look for lots of events. Christmas time there was so much fun. There's a great famous story about a camel coming to Mount Vernon for Christmas. And I actually wound up getting that Christmas ornament. Remember, it's this huge camel. Anyway, I think Mount Vernon is a great day trip. And And the storytellers are amazing. I think that's actually the best part of it, don't you think? The house itself is sparse because, remember, we were starting a country and there wasn't a lot over here. So don't look for that European grandeur in the house. It's very pre-revolutionary, revolutionary Mm -hmm. times, sparse. It's a one-way walk through the entire thing. However, there's so much in the outbuildings and on the property, Mm -hmm. including live animals. Yes. Like horses and sheep. And there is a pig named Lester. Yes. Yes. So we loved Mount Vernon and it was definitely a great way to wrap up the time in Washington, D.C. As we finish up, we do want to talk about a couple of the logistics that you need, including where to get eats on the mall, 
how to get in and out of the area, and how to make the most out of your transportation time. So let's get started with a couple of those things, including how to eat on the mall. It's so important. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm just going to share, you're going to see food trucks everywhere. Yes. That is not your only selection. So don't feel that you have to choose a food truck. If you see something you like, it's there. We don't want to say that the food trucks aren't good, but when you've been out in the heat of the summer, you may not want to sit on a park bench and eat. And we do want to let you know that there are a few tucked away hidden options for places to eat that maybe will help you cool down and get you off your feet a little bit more. Right. They include things like the restaurants that are hidden inside the African-American Art Museum, which is a great restaurant. Right. Another hidden one on the mall itself is the cafe in the Sculpture Garden of the National Portrait Gallery. You will also find a great little cafe in the basement of the National Gallery. Now, let me say this. When you go through the Smithsonian's, they have restaurants in them. Yes. They're highly priced. And I think you have better options. I think so, too. The food truck food is is very good. Yes. However, when your only choice is either that food truck or the McDonald's where all the middle schoolers are in the Air and Space Museum, you may, yeah, you may want to get out of there. One area that you may really like is behind the National Mall uh, by Union Station is the Noma area, which is known for all mm-hmm. of its great daytime restaurants. Noma means north of Massachusetts Avenue. So it's a bit of a hike and you may want to Uber from Mm -hmm. the mall over there. And you will find a lot of great things, not only in the Noma area, but also inside Union Station itself. Please go in Union Station. Not only is it a gorgeous building, but the food Go to the Magnolia Bakery and mm-hmm. get their banana pudding. Mm-hmm. It is famous. Yes. It is great. There are great bagels there, too. Now let's talk about what not to do. <laughs> because we've made this choice before. We had arrived in D.C. and we had time to grab us some lunch. What do we look? We looked to the left and we said, Look. It's the USDA. USDA. It's got to be good. It's about food. So here we go. We go through the security to their little cafe, their big cafeteria. Mm -hmm. We make our selections from the sparse things they have left. And I got a Snickers bar. And you got a Three Three Musketeers. Mm -hmm. So we paid a little bit too much for this, went Mm -hmm. and sat down. And the best thing was the candy bar. That's right. It was the worst meal we had in Washington, D.C. Don't eat there. We're saving you. Do not go there. Mm -hmm. And the reason that we were going there is because we were on the way to the National Holocaust Museum. Yes, we were. And we wanted lunch before we got there. So definitely something to think about. Yes. Now, we also want to let you know that there is a little bit of planning that you need to do when it comes to food because it is hard to find on the mall. I would definitely have that game plan in your mind before you got there. Yes. Know what your plan is going to be. And 
know how you're going to get there, which brings us to one of the most important logistical tips that we can talk about, which is the fact that Washington, D.C. is a bitch to drive in. It is. It is just unless you just want to go around and around next to the Google Maps car or stop completely for motorcade. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, we cannot say enough. Whatever you do, try not to do it by car. This is a place where your Uber and Lyft app matters, right? Yes. If you're going to use a car to get from one place to another, use Uber or Lyft. It will get you there faster. You don't yes. have to worry about parking. You don't have to do any of those things. However, our finest choice when it comes to any sort of transportation is the Metro. That's right. The underground train that is in Washington, D.C. is probably the easiest subway system to use. It's easy and it's clean. You're on and off. Exactly. Now, you do need to be aware of where you're going because if you get in at rush time, rush hour, people are serious about going from one train to the next. Exactly. And they will kind of outpace you (laughs) in that. Please remember that in Washington, D.C., the government is working and the military is working, which creates two rush hours. So rush hours, double the time in the morning, double the time in the afternoon. The other issue in Washington, D.C. is if you do want to use a car, you're going to have to park it and that's going to cost you and it's not going to be easy to do. No. Yeah. And I'll tell you, even with the Metro, let's say you fly into Reagan, Mm -hmm. you can get the Metro right there at the airport and go where you need to go to your hotel. Exactly. A lot of people are confused about what airport to fly into. And we want to say Reagan, 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 Reagan. Reagan. Exactly. If you have to go to another airport. Baltimore. And then last but not least, Dulles. Because that's two hours away. It is. And the train isn't 100% working all the way out there yet. Right, right. So I would definitely do that. Although I have to say, if you live in the regional area, Union Station is a great choice by train. If you're coming from New England, I come into Union Station. It drops you right in the middle of everything. Totally worth it. Get you some banana pudding and... And go. Go. That's right. All right, Terry, let's get down to those brass tacks and now boarding. Let's talk about our global book pick, where we always like to start. We're teachers. We're talking about books. We are. And you know I love books. Yes. I chose The Lost Symbol by Dan Brown. Mm -hmm. We all know Dan Brown. From what famous book did he do? The Da Vinci Code. Right. So this kind of makes me think of National Treasure. And it is a book that takes place in Washington, D.C. And it's like you're trying to solve this mystery and finding all these clues in the city. So that would be my pick for Washington, D.C. I think that's a great pick. I think what Da Vinci Code did for Paris and Rome, the lost symbol did for Washington, D.C. Yeah. And you, what about your book pick? I have a family book pick. I love the City Trails series by Lonely Planet. They have an amazing walking treasure hunt book 
for families to explore the city, whether you're looking at government, history, military, getting out to the neighborhoods, they'll get you around and give you some points of interest that really meet the needs of your kiddos. It's a great planning tool and a great way to kind of keep the kids entertained as you're getting from one place to another. For sure. Talk about some travel tips. Well, my travel tip is skip the hop on and hop off bus. They're mm-hmm. not, it's not what it's cut out to be. Mm-hmm. We don't need those. They're high priced and they're crowded. Not only that, but they clog up the traffic that yeah. is already clogged up and they're stopping everywhere. And you're, I'm annoyed oh. with the people that take it. Yes. Don't do it. Also be aware that accessible public bathrooms are not right around the corner. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure you're well aware of your surroundings. And maybe um, if you're at a Smithsonian, go to the bathroom before you leave there because you don't know where your next potty stop could be. Exactly. And I will tell you, I think somewhere I saw an app that's called the quietest bathrooms of Washington, DC. Um, if we if I could find it again, I will put it in the notes. Put it in the show I'm notes. Gonna put it on my phone. Yeah, definitely plan those bathroom trips, especially if you have the little ones. It's tough. Yeah. Especially on the National Mall. Oh, yes. Where there are some areas that you can't go into because they're government. You, you never know. I am not a fan of porta potties. No. no. I'm just gonna leave it at that. What about you? What's what's your tip? I say make sure you get into a show of some sort. Washington, D.C. is New York City's little sister when it comes to Broadway caliber work. And it is totally worth it. Oh, 100%. So back to the Kennedy Center, Kennedy Center, Kennedy Center. And again, I love that show, Sheer sure Madness. Madness. Fabulous. Now, a lot of people do hit up Washington, D.C. in the summer. What would you say about what's worth it in the summer? What What would be your best tip for that? People need to realize mm-hmm. it gets a little warm in D.C. A little it's hot. hot. It's hot. A little hot, a little humid. Yeah. So I would think about getting up, getting early, get a, I would think about starting your day early, get up, get to those monuments early before the heat of the day. And then the heat of the day, maybe I would choose a Smithsonian, maybe go to our Holocaust museum inside so you can cool off. And it, it. It can be brutal out there. I agree with you. Here is mine. I think that you're going to have to pack maybe a few extra clothes than you think. It's hot, it's humid, and you're going to want a midday refresh for sure. Take this into consideration. You have trekked up and down the National Mall all day long. You're schlepping. You're schlepping. You've gone to three monuments and let's say two Smithsonian's. You're feeling good. You have sweated at the food trucks. You've done your thing. Now you want to take in dinner and a show? <laughs> I think you need to go back to your Airbnb, your hotel. your hotel, wherever you're staying, and you need a little midday refresh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I'm going to go with that. All right. As my thing. Okay. 
This might be one of my favorite travel binge picks that we've ever done because there's so much to choose from. We've gone for some serious classics. Go for it. Mine, Night at the Museum, mm-hmm. the series. Okay. What else besides? I've always wanted to be locked in a museum. I think it would be so much fun. Although we did say on our last episode that it would not be a good idea for us to be locked in the Louvre. <laughs> no, but like the the natural history. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I mean, who wants to not say Sacagawea every yes. single time? And I, I'm in a search for Robin Williams. That's right. Who played Teddy Roosevelt. I have to gum, say. Gum, 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 gum. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. I think this is a great movie to show your kids before you go so that they are like, wait, I saw this in the movie. This was the thing. And they relate to it even that much more. Those are great moments to use media to your advantage. And my last one here, my classic national treasure, national treasure. We did not talk about the national archives on this because I think maybe it's a pass for your first time. Unless you are totally in love with all of that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You went for movies. I went for television. And you cannot beat the two following series for that. Binge watch the whole thing. The West Wing, seven years of Democratic work in the White House happening with Martin Sheen leading the way as the president. On the other hand, you may enjoy Taylioni's Madam Secretary, where she's trying to keep all those men in line. <laughs> it is ridiculous. And I have to say, on a very, very serious note, if you think what's happening in the Ukraine wasn't predicted, watch Madam Secretary as they navigate the Russians invading Mariupol. Mm. It is goosebumpy when I think about those particular episodes where they did that. I think it's in season three and they are invading Mariupol in the exact same way that they are invading it right right now. It's a little scary in a way. We're going to broach a subject with so we're going to dip our toe. Should I say that? Dip our toe. We're going to dip our toe because we have a disclaimer about our travel food picks this time around. We know that there is no way we could possibly come close to giving you all of the amazing places that you can eat in our nation's capital. There are so many international choices, so many homegrown choices, so many places that are pop-ups, and so many places that are amazing choices that you would never know about. Right. We want to give homage to those people who keep everybody else on track, and we have two great websites and blogs for you guys to follow to really know about the food that's available in Washington, D.C. Mine is Rick Eats D.C. Mm -hmm. And it gives you all kinds of information and reviews on places to eat in D.C. So you can definitely check it out. I do want to say we need to add this place in our show notes when I go look up its name. It is a veteran owned restaurant. And there are quite a few in DC like that. They have the best French toast bites. They have the best 
chicken wings. Ooh. And I'm going to look it up and we are going to add that in our notes because I just love it when it's a locally owned veterans place. That's right. We're giving you guys homework. You're going to have to follow our blog to find out the exact name of that particular restaurant. I have to tell you about an amazing blogger that I met throughout the travel industry and she runs the dining traveler website. She is an amazing chef herself and is a published author. Look for her to give you great nighttime restaurant choices. Now let's wrap up our now boarding with some travel tech. I have to say that the most important thing that we can do when we're going to Washington, D.C. is to download the Smithsonian and National Mall apps because they will give you the latest information, let you know anything pop-up that's going on, and also let you know what's closed, what's under construction, what's open, what doesn't have a line, what's having security problems. It'll give you the down low on the day of and as you're leading up to those your amazing trip. Mine is Spot Hero. Mm. If you are going to attempt to drive, you want to get Spot Hero. You go on your app. You see where you're going to go. You choose your parking spot. You pay for it. So then when you show up, you just click that you're there. This barrier goes down. You pull in and park. Amen, because I will tell you, it is so hard to park in Washington, D.C. without a little bit of technical assistance. We are so happy that we were able to bring you so much about Washington, D.C. today, and we hope that you enjoy your next venture to our nation's capital. We hope that you have enjoyed today's episode. We drop two episodes every month for year-round travel fun. You can find more tips, hacks, destination guides, and inspiration at bobsheandyaya.com. That's also where you'll find information about our upcoming workshops and our upcoming small group travel experiences. That's right. We'd love for you to join us during our travel season as we take in glorious destinations like Edinburgh, Paris, Warsaw, and Amsterdam. It's going to be so much fun. Don't hesitate to leave us a little comment or a review, especially over there on iTunes where the numbers do all the talking. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on all the social media, including TikTok and Facebook, by searching at Bapshi and Yaya. That's B-A-B-C-I-A and Y-I-A-Y-I-A. We look forward to sharing our next episode with you.